Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Welcome another edition of Drive for Show. DFS for Doe is upon us here at Roto Grinders. Happy to be with you as we are each and every week talking golf for the upcoming tournament. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was a memorable Masters last weekend. Hideki Matsuyama taking home the green jacket. And uh, it was really nice to see, uh, you know, the first Japanese golfer to win a major and uh, obviously a big deal. Uh, for him to do that last week. So that was fun. And uh, we've got a fun event this week as well. So plenty of stuff to get to on the uh, on the schedule here tonight. I am Justin Van Zuden. I will be the host of the show as usual. And uh, we'll bring in my two co-hosts as well. We've got Mr. Notorious Derek Farnsworth on one side. Noto, what's going on? Yeah, not much. Uh, coming off of a fun Masters, I'm not going to lie. I didn't see Hideki and Zala. Torres finishing one two I didn't have that planned ahead of time but a pretty good week for me overall had a few set sweats in the Millie maker the drive the green the 888 so uh, overall pretty good week Um, can't complain Uh, nothing good on the betting front but uh, how'd you guys end up yeah congrats on the solid week Uh, was uh, underwhelming for me a little donation back from the uh, winnings the week before so it'll be Noto's week to do that uh, this week but uh, Tambo bring you in as well how was your master's week (laughs) Oh, it was not good. The N and Noto, I always say, stands for nice. He's very humble. Did his uh, lineup review. The whole Monday lineup review show on Rotogrinders this week was basically Noto and breaking it down in all types of tournaments. The Drive the Green, the $10 Millie, the $888. I'd have no clue how you didn't win that. Basically had four out of your six golfers do nothing on Sunday and still finish six. So congrats, Noto, on a huge week. I thought it was awesome to see. Could have been so much more. But like Justin said, maybe it's my turn now. You, He won. Then you won, and now my turn to win this week. So I'm looking forward to this week. Masters was not the best, but uh, that's just from a DFS perspective and a betting perspective. I thought overall the event was incredible. We've been waiting a while. We've been tailing Hideki for how long? Trying to see him just put up some numbers, not expecting maybe to get the win, but that was amazing to see the, the whole thing played out. And even when it got a little bit boring on Sunday, if you will, 
it's the masters it can't really be called boring i guess but you know what i mean it was looking like it was a in the bag a little lackluster and then xander three holes in a row he was inches away from eagling the hole and that would have made it crazy and then on 16 obviously went for the throat and it didn't work out went in the water and that was that but nice to see hideki get the w and I think it was Empire Maker that said it best on Twitter. Ten more years of playing Hideki now, based on the fact that he finally got that win. So we'll we'll be in on that for a while. Yes, for sure. And uh, it was uh, definitely a good week for him. And kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he had been struggling, particularly with the putter uh, over the last few months, and uh, definitely brought the short game. Though his play around the green was fantastic. And uh, you know, if he ever has a week where he's above average on and around the greens. We've always said that's going to be the week he breaks through. And it just so happened to be uh, in, you know, the most prestigious event of the year. So kudos to Hideki, plenty of other takeaways. The guys kind of mentioned there, Will Zalatoris, uh, first master's appearance, you know, trying to become the first rookie winner in 40 years, um, played really well, ended up coming in second, uh, shawfully there in the mix and the, the Justin Rose hero luck there through the first few rounds finally ran out on Sunday and another good week for Jordan Spieth. If you think about it, uh, if, you know, we always talk about his short game magic and that was the weakest part of his game last week. I think he lost, you know, rough calculations. They didn't have the exact data, but, uh, people who were tracking it on social media that he lost, you know, three or four strokes putting. So, uh, you put those back in there and just an average putting week, which you can always, you know, expect from speed at the masters. Uh, and he's right there at the top with Matsuyama. So uh, Noto, I know that, uh, you know, was a little bit part of your frustration there with uh, the guys missing a lot of putts on Sunday, but uh, it was kind of crazy for that to be the weak part of speed's game and everything else seems to have uh, found it, you know, found its way back for him. Yeah, I was uh, sweating those missed putts pretty bad on the front nine on Sunday. I think he missed uh, five or six less than 10 footers in his first seven holes. But uh, he ended up making a few uh, on the bag nine. And then uh, I think he became the only person in history to birdie number 10 on all four days, which is uh, really crazy. Um, for one, that nobody's ever done it. And for two, that uh, that hole is so tough. And for him to do it all four days is pretty cool. Um, so many other take takeaways. I mean, Hideki's caddy bowing at the course i thought that was really cool a great way to you know cap off you know respecting the course and uh just you know japanese culture and all that uh you know hideki hit the airport uh with the green jacket draped over the <laughs> the chair i mean come on super clean coach. lounge chairs there <laughs> nothing to worry about oh <laughs> uh, yeah you just picture him like going through security like putting it in a bin and it's like here you go oh man it's so crazy uh but yeah a couple other things answer penalty didn't really love that. Um, they didn't have HD cameras like set up on every single shot, zoomed in that closely. I just thought it was a little unfair. It's not like he could have noticed it anyway because it was right below his club. Uh, a couple of blow-ups. We had uh, Billy Horshaw on 13 both days having to take off his uh, socks and shoes and hit out of the water. And then he was uh, swearing at the flag at one time. And then he was banging his clubs in his bag. That was pretty good. Siwoo breaking his putter and then having to putt with the three wood. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, Xander, I thought he got a bad rap. Um, you know, he went for it on 16. If it was landed a yard right or a yard farther, I think it would have been right next to the pin. So, um, you know, everyone's saying he's choking and all that. I didn't really see it that way. JT's meltdown on 13, you know, uh, had a great shot out of the trees, got to 80 yards, hit in the water, and then hit his chip way over the green, and then three-putted from there. So that cost him uh, Fee now 66% top 10 rate now in the majors in his career, which is pretty impressive. I got to think eventually he'll get it done. Uh, and that's all my notes. Oh, Willie, Willie Z, big cojones. That's all I have for him. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, he might have the cojones and that's about the only uh, 
big part about him. I mean, he looks like he weighs about 60 pounds, but uh, all the poor jokes were going around about, you know, if, if he won the master's dinner would be like, you know, some asparagus and vitamin water and things like that. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, we can't all be skinny like Willie Z. So, uh, but still kudos to him and a great week. Uh, just tough for a guy making a debut at the masters to, uh, to break through like he did and could have won if not for uh, Hideki's great play. So a uh, really fun week all around. Tambo, any other notes uh, from you from last week's event in general? I'll be quick as I can. One more note on Willie Z because it's funny, but uh, someone posted a picture up and they're talking about the class that he comes from and they're talking about the 2017 Walker Cup. And I actually just had a good chuckle before the show. I'll, I'll let Noto in on it here in a second. But some of the guys in that class, Cameron Champ, Doug Gim, Maverick McNeely, Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, Doc Redman. I mean, this is the team. It's just a sick team. Uh, Brandon Th- Thornberry is an up and comer on the Corn Ferry Tour. We'll be hearing a lot more about him. Uh, Will Zalatoris. And then our guy Panda, Norman Zong, happened to be on the team as well. So uh, we'll see if he ever does anything again and comes back to, to play some golf with us. But man, this is crazy. The Willie Z thing just he never stops. He's not afraid of anything. There was no pressure. Had a great Sunday. So that was nice to see. All the Will, the, um, the caddy jokes for Adam Sandler. And then he has a wedge in his bag that says Mr. Gilmore's caddy, like he's prepped for it and has heard it his whole life and the Owen Wilson ones as well. So thought that was good. Last thought was on Xander to Noda's point. You know, I give, I'll tell people if they're choking and it doesn't mean I'm right or wrong, but that certainly was not it. You are, you cannot get back very many shots on 17 and 18 at that course. So at 16, he absolutely had to go for it. He said it came down to the wind. They thought it was doing something. It wasn't doing. If that landed tight, you know, just as well as anybody, we saw four or five shots there that day come within five feet, some of them within a few inches, you know? So that's what he needed to do and put the pressure on Hideki. It just didn't work out this time. But like I said, both all those Eagles, three chances in a row at Eagle, that though, one of those had a drop too, man. It was, Hideki was certainly sweating it down the stretch with that uh, going for it. Even Hideki said about going for it on that whole 15, I believe it is, where he said he had to, he said I had to go for it because Xander was coming for me. He's like, I needed that birdie because he was going to make birdie. And it was just a great tournament all around and down the stretch still turned out to be pretty good. So thought it was great. Yeah, certainly a fun event. Um, I just went to, uh, to YouTube to pull up our uh, stream here. And my first recommended video is a look at the 2018 champions dinner at the masters, which has me creeped out right now. Everybody's <laughs> watching, uh, you know, the, yeah. the big brother always knows apparently, but uh All right. Well, let's uh, try to transition as much as we can. Always a little bit of a hangover the week after a major, but uh, we've got the RBC Heritage this week, and it's a pretty fun event. Unique course, Harbortown. Uh, We'll talk about, you know, there's lots of guys who really like this course, and uh, it's tight and tree-lined, and, you you know, you can't just mash it out there 325 yards Bryson style and and expect to win at Harbortown. So, uh, Noto, your thoughts uh, generally on this event? I believe it was one of the first ones played after the, the COVID pause last year. So we had a stronger field and, and we've got a strong field coming back this year, especially for the week after a major. This is the strongest field for the week after a major that, that I think we've seen in quite some time. So uh, your thoughts on the event and then uh, the course at uh, Harbortown there, Noto. Yeah, definitely a strong field compared to what they're used to. I mean, for the longest time, Luke Donald was like a co-favorite of this event. Um, granted, he was a lot better golfer back then. But uh, yeah, P-Dye design, uh, just over 7,100 yards. Historically, a lot of golfers are going to be laying up off the tee. Um, you're kind of forced into certain areas off the tee, and then you're going to have a lot of approaches from 150 to 200 yards. Um, I'm definitely not looking at driving distance this week. Uh, I don't think driving accuracy, like the raw PJ tour set makes all that sense to look at just because the longer hitters are going to be 
clubbing down anyway. So I would just kind of look at approach play. Uh, the greens here are very small, uh, so they are going to be missing a lot of greens this week. So around the greens is going to be important. Um, these are Bermuda, but they are overseeded with ryegrass um, for the first time ever, I believe. Uh, they said it was a really wet and cold winter, so uh, the Bermuda kind of died off. So not sure what to do with that information. I'm still looking at, you know, overall Bermuda splits. And then they also uh, widened the fairways on 10 of the holes before last year's event. So uh, for me, maybe that does bring, you know, driving distance a little bit more into play. Maybe that does, um, you know, make it more of a ball strikers course rather than a plotters course. But wanted to get you guys' takes on that. Um, historically, I've just been kind of like the the Coochers and the Brian Harmons, those type of guys for, for who I'm looking to target at this event. Hey, go ahead, Tambo. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. I think uh, all the stuff Noto brought up was pretty much dead on. It's that's it, why I don't really ever have in, when it's in its own spot like it is right now after the Masters. I really don't get a hangover very often because the Masters is always great. And then this tournament's a lot of fun. There's actually some history to it. We kind of have a good feel from, I guess what I'm talking about is from a DFS perspective. I always feel pretty comfortable going in here because of a lot of that thing, you know, those thoughts. But big thing for me, one thing that I always do note and just bring up is that uh, you mentioned a key point there with the smaller greens. So I'll use a random example, not saying to use him here specifically. Maybe we are at 6,900, but Benny on is a guy who has an incredible around the green game, but what always kills him is the putter. Well, you're not going to hit as many greens here. Even if his ball striking's on that even better then it means it's a smaller green and less putt to make. But if he's not hitting the greens, he's got a great around the green game. It could be a lot of tap in five footers. And even those, I know with a guy like Benny on, we stress them a little, but I'm just trying to point out that it's a little less stress than worrying about, okay, is he going to three putt from here? Oftentimes that's going to be good. So, you know, one thing I will look at quite a bit this week is the scrambling the around the green game just as a whole, and then less chance of them messing it up with the putter. So Corey Connors, Benny on certain guys like that, that we sometimes worry about it. They'll be more on my radar this week than a, a normal week. Yeah, good point uh, for sure. Uh, very small greens here. And uh, again, it's all about finding the fairways, putting yourself in the right spot uh, to to attack the pins. So uh, last year with the stronger field, um, I believe they also have widened some fairways a little bit, but uh, the winning score was in the 20s under par. It was uh, Webb Simpson setting the course record. Uh, we hadn't seen the score get above about 13 over par, I think the last four years or so prior to that. So um, you know, better scoring last year. Some of that is probably because of the stronger field, um, you know, and, and that's naturally going to lead to uh, better scoring, but uh, just all depends on, you know, the wind and the weather and things like that too. So uh, not the, the biggest birdie fest you'll see on tour, but uh, of course that is certainly gettable uh, if you're finding the fairways. So let's go ahead and break it down and uh, we'll start with the top golfers and uh, maybe I'll stick with you Tambo on this. Uh, you know, it seems weird that this is an event that you see DJ playing at every year because, because it's not necessarily the course that you would think caters to his game the best. Uh, and I believe it's, you know, one of the only courses that he's played at, you know, X number of times that he doesn't have a top 10 finish at. So we've got DJ, we've got a struggling Patrick Cantlay, uh, we've got defending champion Webb Simpson, and we've got Morikawa, Cam Smith, and Daniel Berger. So six golfers above 10K on DraftKings this week. How are you parsing those guys out? I like about four of them as of right now. I guess, uh, you know, one thing I'll note quickly, and it'll be on tomorrow's show, the Wednesday show going through it, but I'm certainly going to have to split up my build types this week. Like there's definitely lineups. I like using these guys at the top. And I think there's enough viable guys down below when we start talking about that 6k range. 
But at the same time, there's a lot of guys in the next tier that we get to that I could still bring into play. I like this range more than the 9K range, but I'll just say that, you know, that's why I'm interested. So Webb, classic, you know, going to go back to him, not going to worry about, he's probably going to be the chalk of, the, of all chalk, but I'll go back to him anyway. Uh, Morikawa, I like quite a bit. Talk about a ball striker, just all around game. Some of the numbers with him too are incredible on amount of tournaments he's won since being on tour. And now you get into an event like this where, uh, his game just sets up well for it, I think. And it, again, we worry about the only thing we ever worry about with him is the putter, but it shouldn't be as much of a worry at this place because if, again, if his ball striking's on great, less, you know, shorter putts to make. And if it's not, he still has a pretty good all around game where hopefully less of length putt to make. So uh, I like those two and Berger. I could see an argument for Cam Smith there, but I think Berger's just the better talent. So regardless of what Cam Smith's been doing coming in, I still, I would still go with Berger there. And then Cantlay, I'll leave that up to you guys to talk about. I just, the one thing I'll point out, I said to you guys earlier, I think that uh, everyone is looking at last week where he burned everyone. And I think too much nowadays, especially the DFS world is just transitioning. I go back to football with Will Fuller. I talk about this one all the time. People just played him for five weeks until week five was a 55 point week. So I don't think people are going to shy away from Cantley when he's been third, seventh and third here. And people will make up a new narrative and say, well, at least he got some rest and he's here. He's coming in rested. So uh, I think he's going to still have some ownership, but, Obviously, with Webb, Morikawa, guys like that there, it'll take away some and just play who you want to play, right, Nono? Yeah, I mean, that's usually – well, that's my new strategy starting last week. Uh, just trying not to, you know, look too much into ownership. Uh, I do think Canley is interesting. Um, I hope he doesn't become too chalky just because, I mean, he's missed uh, two cuts in a row, the players and Masters, and then he also didn't make it out of the group stage at the WGC, and he was chalky in uh, all three of those events. So, uh, hopefully he's not too high on, but uh, you mentioned the good course history. He loves Pete Dye courses. Doesn't really have a weakness in his game, but apparently he's changing something with his swing, which uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me. I mean, he's got a, one of the better swings on tour. But Go ahead and um, go back to the uh, old version. If this is yeah. Problem. <laughs> yeah, we got Rory trying to add distance. He's <laughs> like the one. second longest guy on, on tour. And then, yeah, he's trying to, can't really trying to change his iron swing for whatever reason, but um yeah, so I like him. DJ, I think he's only here because, uh, you know, obligations to RBC. Uh, I don't really think he wants to play this event, especially missing the cut after the Masters. Um, it was kind of funny uh, when he gave the green jacket to Hideki after he just kind of bounced out of the room. <laughs> I probably ticked him off having to stick around an extra couple of days just to hand over the jacket, you know. <laughs> yeah, and he's been putting really bad. This is the first time in a long time he's lost strokes uh, putting compared to, you know, the PJ Tour. Webb, like uh, Tambo mentioned, just great course fit. Going to be playing a lot of him. And then Cam Smith's a big one for me. I mean, he's obviously overpriced. He should be, you know, mid nines. Um, he's overpriced no matter what you look at, stats or even the betting market. Um, so I think that's going to lead to low ownership. But, hey, if you're going to – if he's going to finish in the top five, you're probably going to need him in your lineup. Um, and it doesn't really matter what his price is at that point. I think it's a pretty good course fit for him, even though he's missed the, court, the cut here the last two years. So I will have some Cam Smith and then Berger. Yeah, similar to Webb, they kind of play well on all the same courses, the shorter Bermuda courses. All right. Um, yeah, it's, you know, Webb is the uh, the safe play, no doubt. He'll be popular. Um, and, you know, with the way the other guys are playing, I, I think Cam Smith will get uh, – will, will, would be a safe choice in any format. Like, like Noto said, feels overpriced, uh, but certainly his recent play uh, reflects, you know, why he's priced that way. So – uh, always tough for me. To, he's one of the guys that I haven't played maybe as much of kind of on his uh, rise here. And so it's hard to buy in uh, once the uh, the salary starts to get high, but uh, definitely deserves it. Uh, but still, I mean, it's hard to see 
you know, six guys being priced ahead of Zalatoris, given what uh, Willie Z has done lately. And I guess the, uh, the biggest question, you know, is um, what kind of emotional fatigue do we see out of Zalatoris? Is there a letdown after, uh, you know, obviously he's not disappointed to finish second. I'm sure he's ecstatic in his first master's appearance. And, uh, but is there, you know, is there an emotional kind of uh, draining effect of, of of playing those four stressful rounds at Augusta last week? Uh, Tambo, you mentioned a little bit ago, and you know, people can make up whatever narratives they want to. So what's the Willie Z hangover narrative this week? <laughs> I think that, you know, I mentioned with Kenny yesterday, I was wondering if he'd be popular. And it looks like in the early projections, he certainly is. So no one's feeling that. They're feeling he's the guy that just uh, doesn't let down can't really let off the gas. He wants to keep going. He wants to keep building up. I think, you know, the, the funny part of it all that everyone keeps bringing up is how he doesn't even have FedEx cup status yet. So he can't yeah. even collect the, the points towards that. So it's kind of like, he's crushing it in the OWGR. He's almost winning the masters. And it's like, basically he's going to have to win a tournament here or something soon. And this could be it. So um, maybe people will get off him later in the week because the ownership's there and they just think he will have the hangover. But like you said, it's tough to go off of that. We've watched him do it at plenty of tough courses. So I think he's definitely in play here. Um, I like Matt Fitzpatrick down at the bottom. I think, uh, again, as do many, if you look at the ownership, I already see the couple tags on there from you guys. I just think that one makes That's too no much surprise sense. from us. We're both <laughs> Fitzpatrick homers. So yeah, for sure. But to me, I guess I always do this. And I, you know, sometimes I listen to myself and sometimes I don't it's cam Smith for $1,100 cheaper. It's the same guy to me. Like they, they do the same thing. I actually think he's got more upside and, and at 9,100, it just seems too cheap. And, you could even start some lineups. Again, that's for the Wednesday lineup HQ show when I show you some stuff like that. But if you think Matt Fitzpatrick can win, you don't necessarily need to go above him. I'm just using this as an example where you're still using a balanced lineup and just skipping out on those five-figure guys and maybe the Zalatoris, Connors types who just had a run in the Masters and Casey even himself had a, an okay week. So I don't know. I, I like Hatton as well there. I just think a lot of talent for 9,500. The only time he really hasn't shown up has been at big events like the masters, the players, all the majors. So other than that, he's winning tournaments left and right. It seems I, I could go back to him at 9,500, but him and Fitzpatrick are my two favorites there with Will Zalatoris being in the mix as well. I mean, Fitzpatrick, you can, all the narratives he's been coming here since he's 12, he's got a Hilton head lighthouse uh, head cover on one of his uh, clubs. I mean, uh, Fitzpatrick checks all the boxes for, uh, for wanting it, I guess, uh, to, to win this tournament. And obviously, the course is a great fit for his game. Uh, didn't show in his first few tries here. The course history has gotten a little bit better the last three years. Uh, he's had a couple top 15s here. So, um, you know, Fitzpatrick at that salary, I'll I'll buy it uh, at this course for sure. I know Noto feels the same way. So, uh, Noto, your thoughts on Fitzpatrick and the others in that 9K range there? Yeah, you guys covered Fitzy pretty well, um, especially if the wind gets up. I think that only benefits him because he tends to play well in difficult conditions. Um, so, yeah, I have him tagged up as well. I like a lot of the guys in this range. You know, Tambo mentioned Hatton not playing well at the big events, but he had a big Sunday at the Masters, ended up coming top 20. That was by far his best event at the Masters ever. So uh, maybe he's got some momentum going. We always talk about the guys that had the big Sunday round the week before. Corey Connors, great ball striker, um, best in the field, T21 last year in uh in the summer the Zalatoris just plays well every single week you know I tried to play the fatigue narrative with Zalatoris after his top 10 at the U.S. Open and then he went to Kralis um and posted a top 10 there so I mean, he's played well easy courses difficult courses um I don't really think he has a course fit at this point I think he just plays good golf so I'll go back to him Paul Casey you know he switched up his putting grip before the last round at the Masters ended up having his best round by far 
he's got really bad course history, so it'll be interesting to see his ownership. Because if it's only going to be 17%, I mean, this seems like a, a good buy low spot. He's been in such great form. And uh, even though we didn't play great at the Masters, C26 isn't bad. Uh, he's been a top 30 machine pretty much all year. So I like everyone except Sungjae. He just hasn't had the irons, and the course history has been really bad here. And he had a disastrous Masters as well after a decent start on his first nine holes. Uh, he was golfing with Cantlay, so maybe Cantlay just brought everybody down around him. And that's <laughs> the excuse for Sungjae. But, uh, yeah, that group uh, struggled for sure on uh, Thursday and Friday. So anything else to add on the 9K range uh, from you, Tambo? No, that's good for me, man. All right, I'll stick with you then. Let's talk about the 8Ks. Uh, Abe Answer, he'll try to avoid the – uh, granular uh, close-up shots of the sand this week to, to get himself uh, free from a couple penalty strokes. But uh, some popular names uh, in the 8Ks, and again, the stronger field than what we usually see the week after a major. You got Fleetwood, you got Noto's boy Brian Harmon in here, Sergio Lowry, English. You know, Westwood's made a splash lately, so plenty of good options in the 8K range. Uh, how are you kind of ranking those guys? Yeah, I do like the chalk plays. I, you know, I'm in on answer, just record at courses like this in general. You know, the game fit, second place here last year, all the stats across the board. So he really lines up well. I see Noto's got him tagged there. He'll have some ownership, as will Noto's other guy, apparently Harmon, who I also just love. He's playing some great golf. He's been on a run. Doesn't matter, match play, tournament play, whatever it might be. It was an awesome play at the Masters. And again, he's going to turn over a little bit, but he's only 8,700. But I do like some of these options here that you could pivot to one being my guy, Sergio Garcia, uh, again, didn't come through last week. Like I wanted, but this is a, a good spot here. I think at 8.6 K uh, stats all line up before last week. And that's, he's another guy almost like Hatton. I know Hatton had the good Sunday and got third here last year. So to Noto's point, probably a, a really good play there with Hatton, but uh, with Sergio, he's really been bad at majors in general. And before that he was just crushing. So I'll go back to him. Uh, I like Harris English. And then I like uh, Kevin Na quite a bit as well. Even Kutra I could go to, like uh, like Noto mentioned. But Kevin Na is the one I like. I hope he stays around 9%. That, to me, is a guy that wins more often than not. He's got one win in each of the last four years. This is the course that sets up for him perfectly. One of the best scramblers on tour. All these things line up, but nobody seems to ever want to play him, and especially at 8.1K, maybe that just deters people more. Uh, it makes me go heavier. So I like Kevin Na at 8.1 quite a bit. It's the risk that he just gets to that first tee and decides he doesn't want to play this week. That's just the risk that that's the reason nobody ever wants to play him. But when he does, <laughs> you know, you always get him at low ownership and, uh, and he's shown plenty of upside and the same with Harmon. I mean, ever the knock on Harmon for the longest time, uh, I should probably just let Noto glow about this, but the, the knock on Harmon for the longest time was the lack of ceiling. Uh, but yet now here he is. He finished third at the players. He finished 12th at the masters. I mean, you can't get stronger fields than what we see at those events. And he top 12 in both of them. So uh, now, you know, there really isn't a negative. He, he's shown a ceiling. He makes cuts. Um, and yeah, he's a little more expensive now, but uh, there's really nothing negative uh, to write about him. And now, you know, two months ago, Noto was trying to get everybody to play Harmon at 7k when he's five percent owned and now it's eight he's 8700 and more people want to play him so um you know noto you you got on that that train uh before it left the station for sure so uh, you can talk about Harmon and the others in the k range there yeah obviously Harmon's near and dear to my heart um yeah i was on english first and then you know took him to the top and then hopped off as soon as he uh paid me so now it's a uh, Harmon's turn it's gonna feel really <laughs> weird when you hop off of Harmon. is that yeah. now is that today he's got, he's got to win um as soon as he wins and uh you know we'll hop off for a bit but 
Yeah, he's been uh, gaining strokes with his driver, which uh, typically he's been thought of as a really short guy, but he hits a lot of fairways. He's gaining he strokes. He is a short guy. Yeah, short. <laughs> Off the tee and, uh, and, and in height, but... 11 of 13 uh, events, he's getting strokes off the tee. Pretty good with the irons lately, too. And then short game, just immaculate. Plays uh, Pete Dye courses pretty well, too. So love Harmon. Like the Sergio call in tournaments. He's number one in strokes game, tee to green on Pete Dye courses um, in this field. So like that angle a little bit. Uh, don't mind going to Kevin Na, like Tambo mentioned. It's a guy that can win at a pretty cheap ownership and price point. Then Matt Kuchar, I mean, look, I know he played bad at the Masters, but he's made 16 straight cuts here. You always play him on these shorter courses, especially when they're Pete Dye designed. So I'll play him, especially if he's going to be, you know, 10% or so. Yeah, not uh, – I mean, I can relate to Harmon, so I can make the joke. We are the same height. I don't get to say that compared to many professional athletes. So, uh, <laughs> And we're both left-handed. So other than the fact that he can play golf and I can't, Brian Harmon and I are the same, uh, the same person. So I can take some, uh, some comfort in that, but, uh, I do think English is interesting as well. Um, you know, the, the form has obviously dipped, uh, since that, uh, win and, you know, Noto mentioned hopped off at the right time. Uh, this might be the time to maybe sprinkle in, uh, buying back on, on English. Uh, let's see where the ownership comes uh, heading towards Thursday, but uh, I don't love this range kind of right around Harris English. So I think he's fine if you're looking for somebody in the lower seven uh, Ks. So, all right, let's go ahead and move on into the, uh, the sevens. Then uh, we've got uh, Siwoo Kim, Russell Henley, and our boy, Bob McIntyre uh, topping off the seven uh, K range. And, you know, Zaltoris got all the headlines as the first timer at the masters, but uh, McIntyre finished 12th last week. So pretty solid week for him as well. Uh, you've got Hoffman, Bazudenhout, Kisner, Poulter in here. So plenty of options in the upper end of the seven Ks. Noto, I'll let you have first crack at this group. Who are you looking at in here? Don't think I'll be playing McIntyre, but a great story last week, earned himself another trip to Augusta next year, uh, which is pretty cool with that top 12 finish. So um, I think, you know, he's more of a bomber type, so uh, I'll kind of save him for another event. But uh, a lot of chalk up at the very top. You got Henley, who's one of the better iron players in the field, Siwoo Kim, uh, who everyone plays at uh, P. Dye courses. You know, he looked pretty good last week at the Masters other than, um, you know, around the green and on the green the last couple of days. Um, uh, and it was funny watching him, like, knocking a four-footer with his three-wood. He's just standing, like, four feet away from it. Um, Anyway, uh, I like him this week. And then Charlie Hoffman's just been awesome. He's gained 23 strokes putting over his last – or 23 strokes uh, with his irons over his last four events. Just amazing iron play. You obviously want that this week. He's got reasonable course history. So those three are going to be popular, but for good reason. If you want some pivots, I like Zudenhout. Um, He's a guy with an elite short game. Top five in this field around the green and strokes game putting. He played here last year, top 30, which I like. Like Ian Poulter, uh, tagged him up this week. Great course history. Finally finding some form. Played well at the match play. Uh, played well at the Masters. And then super deep, uh, Brendan Grace. I mean, he's won here before. He's shown a lot of top 25 type of upside recently. Um, he definitely doesn't rate out well for me, but I think I'm going to have some of him in tournaments. Yeah, that's what scared me. If you kind of look at some of those uh, lineup HQ model numbers and you compare them to all the other guys around him, like Grace looks so much worse. Uh, and when he's bad, it's really bad. So, uh, but when he's on, you know, these are the types of courses where he can succeed. So don't mind that call in tournaments. Uh, Tambo, who are you looking at in here? 
Siwoo at the top, more chalk, but uh, you know, bring it up. Forget that. Like Noto said, just play who you like. And at Pete Dyke horses, it's a thing. He was better with his three wood than his putter, to be honest. They're all two putts, but um, again, you won't need it. You won't need it as much here. And if he's on, even better. But he has a pretty good around the green game. He plays these courses well. One course I do look back at just a little bit is the Amex. Right when they played there, he won that tournament. And you look at that leaderboard. I was brought it up here for this, but Cantlay, answer. Doug Gim, Benny on guys will bring up Herman Casey guys. We've talked about uh, Sungjae, Knox, Kirk and Kirk's another guy I'll bring up in a second, but uh, I'm not as in love or enamored with the Charlie Hoffman. You know, I'm not as interested there. I do like Henley a little bit more. I like him for the same price as Siwoo. You can play them both in a lineup together. I see cards. I'll leave Kisner for you, but I think that's a great play here. Another one. I'm not sure like Kevin Na or something. Why he's, nobody likes the Kevins for whatever reason it is. Kevin Kisner, Kevin Na, they're not getting a lot of love with the ownership, but um, he's kind of like the Cantlay thing. I saw today something about him changing and Ben Coley tweeted about it. I think he's changing his putting grip or so he's doing something where it's just, why are you doing that? It's actually been the best part of your game. I know the masters didn't go well, but that seems odd. And then Noto brought up the, the guy I think might be sneaky in here, but Christian Bazudenhout, he's like a Harris English, basically in a, in a way of the around the green game, the putter are good. Doesn't make a lot of bogeys strong on par fours, all these things that line up for this course. So Again, it's tough for me to go to Hoffman there when I like all the other guys that much more that are in and around. And even Ian Poulter would be, be one there. And I said I'd mention Kirk, so I won't, I'll stop quickly here. But uh, Kirk is another guy. I just talked about the Amex. He popped there. Uh, obviously didn't play in the Masters, but you go back 6th, 25th, 48th, and 8th. His game has really come around since coming back on tour and coming back since the restart rates out very well across the board and all my stats. And the only thing with a little bit where he's sort of mid pack is the smaller, the shorter putts. And like I said, if he can get there with his around the green game, which is one of the better ones in the field, uh, he should be okay. So I like him quite a bit as well. Yeah. I tagged up Kisner this week. Uh, he's, you know, always plays well on these kind of South Carolina, Georgia tracks in the Southeast uh, mentions how much he likes this course, not, getting as much love because, you know, sort of like can't like miscut at the players, miscut at the masters. Um, and, and, you know, he tends to be pretty streaky. So uh, there's a lot of decent options in this range. That's going to spread out ownership a little bit, play who you want the new mantra uh, and, you know, Kisner at uh, reasonably low ownership. I, I think Poulter is certainly safer, um, but, you know, if people are going to play grace for GPP upside. I think Kisner fits that, uh, that mold as well. So uh, Noto, I'll throw it back to you. Any follow-ups or uh, other guys you like in the as we start to get towards the lower part of the 7K range? Uh, I just wanted to ask Tambo, how come you don't like Hoffman? Uh, you're all for narratives, and he had to watch Masters at the home at his house. I mean, come on, that's the narrative. Yeah, the problem is, like I said, uh, just what's around him. I don't dislike him as a play. I just don't like him as much as the other plays. Like I'm big on Siwoo, uh, pretty big on Henley as well. Bazudenhout, I just think is pretty sneaky and I already liked his game, sort of have sort of a conviction or a feel there on him just having a good week and, and coming out here. And then Kisner with with cards, it's just tough to get there. But I'd play him over Bobby Mack, for example. I'm sort of with you there where I feel like Bobby Mack's got more of the bomber narrative. Hoffman fits, fair price, just again, like too many other guys there. And then the bottom of the 7K range is pretty much getting ignored by the looks of thing. And there's some great plays in there as well. Yeah, it's an interesting range. Um, before I throw it, uh, I'll throw it back to Noto here. But uh, before I forget, uh, if you are new to the show, we always play a guess the golfer game here as we get towards the end. A uh, value pick that we all kind of like this week. That's flying under the radar a little bit. First person to guess it right gets a free week of Roto Grinders Premium. We've given away uh, three free weeks of premium here over the last uh, couple of shows. So 
uh, we are going to uh, open up the uh, contest now. We'll throw out, uh, throw out, give everybody maybe two guesses as you are under the radar value play this week. He's under 7,000 on DraftKings and has never played this event. So that's the hint. Uh, should narrow it down at least enough for people to uh, to make a, a good guess at it. So under 7K on DraftKings, one of our uh, favorite lower own values has never played this event. Throw out a guess or two. If we get a winner, we will shout you out here on the show and we will uh, hook you up with a free week of Roto-Grinders Premium. You can watch uh, Tambo and I break down our lineup HQ tools in the uh, show that we do uh, every Wednesday night. Uh, I'll be on with Tambo tomorrow. We rotate hosts on that show with him every Wednesday. And uh, so it'll be uh, him and I tomorrow night. So throw out a guess uh, and we'll come back to that here in a little bit. Again, under 7K under DraftKings has never played here. Lower own value play that we like this week. All right, Noto, other plays uh, in the 7Ks. Uh, anybody else before I throw it over to Tambo? Yeah, in the lower range, the guys that I like the most are ones that don't really rate out well for me. Uh, from a stat perspective, I like JT Poston. Always plays well on these shorter Bermuda courses. Two top tens here in the last two years. Uh, and then moving up a little bit, I like Brendan Todd. Um, he hasn't been playing great with the irons, but uh, he might be first or second in, in the PGA Tour when it comes to hitting fairways. We know the, the putter's good. We've seen him win a few times on, on shorter Bermuda courses, and he actually gained strokes with the Irons last week at the Masters. So um, perhaps uh, he's finding a little bit of form there. I think a lot of people will be on Grillo, Streelman. Um, Michael Thompson looks to be getting some ownership. I don't really love him this week. So, yeah, I mean, not a ton that I love down here. Maybe Tambo's got some more. Go ahead, Tambo. You got anybody? Yeah. Uh, Cam Davis, who I brought up earlier, I always play him. Main thing with him is, like I said, if he makes the cut, the upside that you can get out of him and played well at some other Pete Dye courses. He's got a good all-around game, so I kind of like him. Worries me a little bit, but he's not really getting much ownership, so I'm okay with that. Hope that Streelman stays under 10. That would be great. I'm with you on Brendan Todd as well. Noto, so I like that one. And then uh, Lucas Glover and JT Poston were both at 7.1K, two guys that stood out. Poston, same thing gets brought up, obviously, from the area, loves the course. And then also um, Sedgefield is sometimes brought up as a comp course to this one, and he won that going bogey-free for the entire week. So I think sort of all-around game, it just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. This should set up quite nicely for him at 7.1K, and he's not getting much love down there either. Uh, CT Penn, maybe same price, but no ownership at all. That's kind of interesting for a guy that won it just two years ago. But uh, there's another guy I've got later for that one, the, the Hideki narrative I posted today on Twitter. All right. Uh, we still haven't had anybody guess our golfer correctly. Um, you know, we've got some people guessing uh, Luke List. Uh, let's see. We've got some uh, Kazire guesses. I mean, these guys, these are players that are going to be uh, somewhat popular. So, um, you gotta go. Uh, gotta go off the uh, off the board a little bit uh, with uh, with your guesses. Uh, you know, we got Gim at seven eight percent. Um, you know, it, we're even lower than that. We're we're digging a little deep this week. So, uh, anything else uh, in that range, Tambo? Otherwise, you can start uh, going into the the punt plays if you want. Yeah, no, I don't think uh, Harold Varner. I wanted to bring up, I guess, at seven straight. Uh, him and Straka would be two that I would consider. There's just sort of if you don't want to go into the sixes and want to play some golfers that could have some upside, I don't mind them for large field stuff uh, in the sixes right into the gates. I do like Matthew Neesmith. We've talked about him quite a bit on this show. Obviously uh, everything lines up. Well, it's the narrative of where he got engaged to his now wife and everything that goes with it. So the stats though have been on that's the other side of it. I love a good narrative, but he's actually been playing some really good golf. Doug Gim brought up maybe the, uh, the Walker cup narrative. 
the the Willie Z seen his boy do big things and he comes out and has himself a, a day talked about him earlier at the course that sort of I look at most comparable as sort of the Amex is brought in and he played well there so that could be a thing and he's been playing good golf anyway I brought up Benny on Russell Knox earlier those guys stand out Doc Redman also same as Gim on that Walker Cup team we like him when he's cheap and I can't name them all but uh, Sabatini Ches Reevy, Knox, who I mentioned already, like those guys are the ones that stand out. I'm wondering, I guess, to flip it to Noto, maybe, is is it a Jim Furyk week? 6.6K. I don't know. He hasn't been in great form since he left California, and he's got some terrible course history. You would think this would be a good fit for him, you know, the Kuchar types, the Kisner types, but uh, for whatever reason, he hasn't figured it out here. So I don't really love him. Definitely agree with you on Naismith. Um, you know, you mentioned the getting – engaged on the 18th green he's also you know born in south carolina lives in south carolina good irons t33 here last year so love that call um i'll save russell knox for justin i'm sure he's uh locking him in this week <laughs> sabatini top 25s in six of his last eight trips here i think he's gonna be one or two percent uh, i like him a little bit and then Patton kazire is my favorite play uh, i think justin likes him as well gained 8.1 strokes he's too cheap yeah, 8.1 strokes with his irons. He's a guy that is typically longer off the tee and then just a great putter. Uh, but the irons have really come around. He's uh, gained quite a few in three of his last four events. And uh, he loves Bermuda. So I love Kazire this week. And, uh, yeah, I'll flip it back over to you. Does anybody guess it yet? No, nobody has gotten <laughs> it. Uh... Some are close. Let's just say. Yeah, they're on the right hands. track now. They're on the right oh, track now. I see it. Of course. I see it. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Jay Steele, Jim, <laughs> Jimmy comes through um, in the clutch always, man. He's got it. I'm going to, uh, and uh, and and Jim Steele is already a premium member. I, I'm going to make an executive decision because uh, I, I like Cipher a good bit, and uh, somebody brought him up. The first person that guessed him is our winner, um, and we'll get you a free week of uh, Roto Grinders Premium. So that's David Deary. Uh, congrats, you guessed uh, Cipher first, and uh, and he's one of my favorites. So. Uh, you can uh, you can get hooked up with the prize um, executive decision on the uh, show, but you know it's there's there's plenty of uh, of decent plays down here uh, compared to what you would normally see. You know, for an event the week after a major, you know, most of the time it's just it's ugly when you get under seven k. But we've at least got options that we can talk about, and that that's part of the reason why it took people so long to guess that answer uh, because there's not just two or three options here. There's quite a few, so. Um, you know, I know you guys are playing the game to try to get me to say Knox, but uh, I, he's fine. But uh, uh, plenty of options here. And I will I will board the Redmond train again. I think it was Noto that brought him up uh, at the uh, Valero that, you know, all his missed cuts had you know, several of them had been by one stroke. Uh, and then he did finally make the cut there. Didn't play that great on the weekend, but uh, at least maybe starting to trend in the right direction. So I'm with uh, Tambo there. I like Redmond as a deep uh gpp play this week so noto who else you got anybody else in the uh, punt range here before we get out of here uh other guys in my player pool right now uh tom hoagie you just mentioned uh bo hoag who was uh, the answer to our question scott piercy pretty good on bermuda um he's shown some upside here west Bryan, former winner we know we can get hot with the irons and then uh are you guys having any luke donald no <laughs> any at all no no Okay, me neither. That ship sailed a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the heart, the, Tambo working the Harbortown references in there. He's got the ship and everything. 
Uh, very clever, very clever. Hey, Tambo, you got anybody else down here in uh, in Punt Town? I got to bring it up for everyone if they don't follow me on Twitter at Toe Tag and Tambo. I posted it today, but Satashi Kodaira, former, we're talking about a 2018 champion here, just three short years ago. One, he's a Japanese golfer. He's got a tartan plaid jacket. He just saw a Japanese golfer win the Masters, Hideki Matsuyama, get himself a green jacket that he'll just throw in an airplane airport <laughs> seat and let it fly. I'm sure the tartan jacket's hung up in a, a plaque on the wall for Kadaira. And he's 500 to one this morning for me to go bet him. And he just came like T36 at the Honda. Like that's a tough track to move around and do your thing. So knowing the course, a little bit of history, 6,300. Not going to go crazy with them, but I think there could certainly be an inspired golfer narrative there. So I'll definitely go back down those train tracks. Yeah, you can burn a lot of money on some long shots this week that have reasonable oh, yeah. pulls. Um, I, I think, you know, it's uh, lots of guys in that 100 to 1 range that, you know, wouldn't surprise you if they won this event. Um, and, you know, throw in maybe some question marks with the, with DJ and, and can't lay at the top. And, you know, wouldn't we? You know, he's won here. You just talked about Kadaira winning here. So, um, you know, it's anything can happen for sure. See, see Wu in a playoff too was the, if you guys remember the week, it was the week the, the coverage got all messed up and we literally had to listen to the playoff on PGA Tour radio. That's how bad it was, sweating this thing out. Everyone had Siwoo Kim bets. I think Mayo had <laughs> Kadaira in a big PGA, uh, D, or obviously PGI DFS lineup and needed him for like 25K and ended up getting the job done. So that was nice to see. But uh, all seriousness, I think it's an opportunity there just at 600 to play a few lineups with him. But uh, my last guy cards is Bryce Garnett, another guy that sets up well on just courses like this, can move the ball around, do quite a few things. I think that uh, he's a good play at 6,400 when most won't go down to that range too often. All right. Uh, Noto, anything else from you before we get on out of here and call it a week? Uh, no other plays for me, but thanks to everyone for watching. And uh, if you're not a premium member yet, give us a shot. We got so much great content uh, and even the ownership projections themselves are so valuable. Uh, we all got a ton of good stuff. So uh, give us a shot. Yeah. Noto puts his model video out there on Wednesdays. So that'll be up tomorrow. Tambo and I'll be on uh, breaking down the lineup HQ and it's uh, tomorrow night. And uh, it's going to be one of those weeks I can tell where it's pretty tough to narrow down that player pool. So uh, <laughs> we'll have a lot of stuff to, uh, to talk about tomorrow night. So with that, we'll go ahead and get on out of here. Uh, thanks everybody for watching and playing our guest, the golfer game. It was a difficult week and lots of potential value options out there. So enjoy the RBC heritage. If you're you know newer to DFS golf, or maybe you got into it with the masters last week, uh, check this event out. It's a, it's a fun course. It's a, it's a nice event to watch. Uh, very, very good scenery around the course and, uh, and should be a fun event as well. So uh, with that, we'll get out of here for Tambo and Noto and our producer, Devin. I am Justin. Have a great week, everybody. Take care and we'll catch you next week.